Hi there. Hi, welcome back, Health Bite family. Welcome back to Health Bite, the podcast that is dedicated to offering small actionable bites towards better mental, emotional, and physical well being. My name is Dr. Adrienne Udim. I'm your host, and I am a medical doctor, a staunch health advocate, an avid reader and runner, and a mother to three humans. And I personally do the work that I talk about on this podcast every single day. I promise on this podcast to offer you no-nonsense, evidence-based guidance in the areas of nutrition, fitness, habit change, mindset that I use with my patients and clients every day in my own medical practice. And I promise to leave you feeling motivated, empowered, and inspired. So let's dig into this week's episode. This episode is sponsored by Delbar. Delbar by Del Nutrition is a high protein, low calorie bar created with clean nutrients to support you in healthy weight, health, and well being. My patients love these bars, and I would love to share them with you. So if you go to delnutrition.com and sign up for our newsletter there, I will send you our top selling flavors for free. I hope it will serve you and it will be of benefit. This week, we're going to talk about weight loss and how that fits in with body positivity, fat shaming, healthy self acceptance, and a big movement towards understanding and accepting who we are as we are in this moment. And I tell you, as a weight loss physician, a mother to three kids, a former child, teen, and young adult who was personally obsessed with every inch of her body, I am so glad for the body positivity movement. But I'm also glad for the help that I provide my patients every day, helping them change their relationship with food and therefore with themselves. And yes, helping them lose weight. But I wonder what your take is on all of this. And first, I want to start with a story. So way back when, when I was a medical student, I remember doing a pre-op with a well-known surgeon, getting a patient ready for surgery. And so he did all of his exam and gave her all of the information and Right before we were about to leave the door, he grabbed her midsection, shook it in his hands and said, you need to do something about this, and then walked out. <laughs> I remember standing there mortified, looking down at my own midsection, wondering how I got myself into this mess. And just the patient and I looked at each other in shock. It was really a, an, an embarrassing moment. And sadly, the studies show that physicians and health professionals across the board have a bias against people with excess weight. In fact, studies show that physicians have bias, nurses have bias, and even psychologists. That one really surprised me discriminate against people with excess weight. But discrimination or obesity discrimination or discrimination against people who are overweight and obese occurs in every segment of our society. 
It's been shown in the work setting in terms of hiring practices, promotions, and wage inequities. It's been proven in the educational setting. And of course, amongst children and peers, kids can be mean sometimes. And there's definitely social stigma around people who have excess weight. And then there's all this social messaging, social media, the regular media. Because of all this, negative body image is rampant in our society. I'll share some stats. Body dissatisfaction affects almost 50% of 13-year-olds in the United States. 50% of 13-year-olds. It affects 80% of 17-year-olds and can begin as early as age six. And believe it or not, this is not limited to people who are overweight. So body dissatisfaction exists among, quote, normal weight, whatever that means, and even underweight individuals, which shows you that the reality really doesn't matter. It's just how we perceive ourselves that matters. And this is not without consequence. Body dissatisfaction, uh, stigma, and fat shaming results in, of course, negative self-image. It's been shown to increase depression and anxiety, low self-esteem, and even suicidal thoughts. But there's physical consequences too. Studies show that fat shaming is actually perceived by the body as a type of stress, and it results in elevations in cortisol as well as metabolic dysfunction. It has even been linked to a higher mortality. Again, I am happy for this new shift, this counterculture that is, is shining a light on stigma and fat shaming. Uh, a counterculture that is finally representing uh, normal size and shape in magazines and billboards. Uh, hopefully soon gone will be the days when only underweight individuals are presented in you know, our magazines and media images. But an interesting thing has come about with this counterculture, and I would call it a cancel culture. There is a cancel culture against weight loss. This week, a patient was referred to me by a fellow doc because she had gained some weight over the pandemic and her blood sugars were high. She was diagnosed with prediabetes and she was hoping to lose some weight instead of starting medications, but said, you know, I, I want to lose weight and I even want to feel and look better. So it's not just about the diabetes, but I'm kind of embarrassed about wanting to lose weight. And I thought to myself, what? What does that even mean? I mean, perhaps for some people, it's not the right time. Or maybe some people are just not interested in engaging in weight loss or in losing weight. And that's okay. That's fine. But feeling embarrassed because you want to lose weight, feeling embarrassed because You've identified maybe certain habits in your lifestyle that have resulted in weight gain, and you want to eliminate these practices that no longer serve you. That doesn't make sense to me. And so I wonder, how can we balance a desire for health, 
a desire for healthy weight with body positivity and positive self-acceptance. And I want to talk a little bit about the health aspect because there is also a lot of dialogue about why health is linked to weight and that in fact, the two should not be linked. And I will say this, I will say that physicians have a really bad habit of attributing everything to excess weight. You go in for a rash, why don't you lose weight? You go in for a vaccine, they weigh you, why don't you lose weight? Not everything is linked to excess weight. And sometimes we just have to, not sometimes, all the time, we just have to treat the patient for who he or she is. And that is a failure in the medical profession. But to say that excess weight is not associated with any health consequence is absolutely false. Studies, anecdote has shown, or when people increase in weight to an unhealthy degree, it is associated with a higher risk of diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, heart disease, sleep apnea, joint problems, fatty liver disease, it can go on to fibrosis and liver failure requiring transplantation results in reduced ovulation and fertility issues is associated with a higher risk of certain cancers, including breast cancer and colon cancer. There's an endless list of health um, consequences of excess weight. That doesn't mean you have to be unhealthy or just because you're overweight, you necessarily will get all of these or some of these or any of these health consequences. Certainly people can have excess weight and live just fine and have no consequences of their excess weight. But then again, people can be smokers and not have consequences either. But does that mean that we shouldn't help people who want to stop smoking? to stop smoking. Now, I don't wanna be doom and gloom here because the beauty of all of this is that our bodies are so forgiving. And studies have shown time and time again that really modest amounts of weight loss have significant cardiometabolic benefits. So five to 10% of weight loss that means in an individual who is 200 pounds, if they lose 10, around 10 pounds, they will start to see benefits of that weight loss. Reductions in systolic and diastolic blood pressure, reductions in blood sugar, improvements in obstructive sleep apnea, greater mobility, so reduced joint pain, ovulation uh, will resume in some cases when infertility is related to excess weight. So the body will start to respond to really modest changes in weight. Now, some people will say that's not an effect of weight loss, but just healthy eating, but we can't necessarily tease out the two. And again, remember that those things that help us with weight loss, eating wholesome nutrition food, moving our bodies, getting adequate sleep, uh, sleep deprivation is closely linked to weight gain. All of those things are good for our weight, but guess what? They're also good for our mood. They're also good for our cognition. 
there's everything to be gained from engaging in the kind of lifestyle that will promote our well-being and will likely, as a result, also promote weight loss. And there's strategies, right? We have effective strategies to this end. I personally do not subscribe to any dietary interventions. I'm not a keto girl or an intermittent fasting girl, although we we do have a podcast coming up with an expert in intermittent fasting. I'm curious to get her takes, but I don't believe in dieting per se. I, I believe in mindset shifts around food, which I'll discuss in a little bit. There are effective medical strategies that help people give them tools to help with weight loss. There are medications, surgery in the right candidate, in the right person, behavioral strategies for weight loss, other lifestyle parameters or other lifestyle behaviors like movement and again, adequate sleep. All of which promote better health, but also better uh, emotional and mental well-being. But I want to shift a little bit and talk about mindset, because I think that is the important way in which we link the desire to lose weight with healthy emotional and mental well-being. That's where we can wish to lose weight or promote strategies for weight loss without fat shaming. These things do not have to be mutually exclusive. Rather, they don't have to be synonymous, meaning weight loss does not have to equal fat shaming. They can be mutually exclusive, but it does require a mindset shift because we have been bombarded by society in terms of measuring our self-worth based on our shape and size. And that kind of long-term ingrained mindset is hard to unravel, but it's possible. And so I like to focus with my patients on a mindset of body positivity and positive self-acceptance. And so that means accepting yourself as you are for who you are in this moment. You may want to change certain things about your lifestyle. You may want to engage in weight loss, but having a goal does not mean that we don't accept ourselves as we are right now. We can have self-acceptance and still strive to do better. And in fact, the studies show that positive self-acceptance is very closely related to the ability to actually make effective change. So it's not only the nice thing to do for ourselves, but it's also the effective thing to do. Having positive self-acceptance is associated with with habit change, successful habit change. Along the same lines, self-compassion and self-compassion practices are associated with successful habit change. And so being able to have compassion for ourselves in those moments of failure or imperfection is associated with being able to achieve our goals. And think about it, right? If 
you suffer a imperfection, which we all will, because by definition, to be perfect is impossible. It's an untenable goal. So when we can meet ourselves in our moments of imperfection with kindness, with compassion, we are more likely to be able to pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off, and move forward with our uh, goal. Whereas if we get into shaming ourselves or negative self-talk or self-deprecation, we're too busy, you know, pooping all over ourselves in order to put any energy towards effective change. So positive self-acceptance is and self-compassion is not only, again, kind and is a antidote, I think, to fat shaming, but it is also effective. Some other mindset shifts that I like to talk about in terms of uh, weight loss strategies is a mindset of abundance, a mindset of abundance and not restriction. So diet, uh, by definition, evokes a feeling of restriction. So it isn't by definition restriction. Diet just means what we eat. But in our society, we have made diet synonymous with restriction. And restriction will invariably make us feel like we want that thing, right? Tell your kid that they can't have a cookie and they're obsessed with that cookie. Tell your toddler that they can't play with that toy and they're obsessed with that toy. We are very much the same. So rather than thinking of it as restriction, think about it as abundance. Eat so much of what serves you. Eat so much of the good things, fruits and vegetables, lean proteins, healthy carbohydrates and legumes. Eat so much of what serves you that there is less room and less desire for the things that do not. Another shift in thinking is focusing on small changes. There's actually a study that surveyed individuals who wanted to lose weight and the participants stated that they would not be happy with their weight loss unless they lost at least 50 pounds. Holy moly. Let's start small because small changes have big impact. Small changes when done consistently result in big impact. And think about it, two pounds per week, which is a very modest amount of weight loss, results in eight pounds a month, results in almost 25 pounds in three months. Even half of that, 10 to 12 pounds in three months, is a huge win. Some other principles that I talk about is, um, or are practical principles. So practical principles like eat more from the earth, less from the pantry, right? Eat more whole foods and less processed and packaged foods. Eat as much protein as you can. No one ever gained weight from chicken or uh, fish. Protein actually will help, as I've said many times, help curb appetite. It is the macronutrient that most successfully helps control hunger hormones. Half your plate green. And by that, I mean veggies of all your colors. So double up in your volume of your protein and carbs in volume of your veggies. Eat your colors because every color provides you with a different nutrient, vitamin, mineral, antioxidant. 
And so when you are nourished, you are less hungry. And there's a mindset that there of actually nourishing yourself, serving yourself, which leads me to another mindset shift. Ask yourself, how does this serve me? And make your food matter. If it serves you in terms of nutrition, great. If it serves you perhaps in an emotional way, it's a Thanksgiving dinner, great. But we can all agree that sitting in front of the TV, munching on chips, that doesn't serve us. Other principles is say yes to carbs. Don't vilify carbohydrates and don't put them all under the same banner. A cup of beans is not the same as a Pop-Tart. Carbs are good. Complex carbohydrates like beans, grains, legumes will help stabilize your blood sugar, prevent you from crashing, getting hangry, and having cravings. And don't drink your calories, even if that means juice. Drinks have really little to no nutritional value. And even if you're having fruit juice, you get much more out of it when you eat the whole fruit. And my favorite mindset shift is eat as if you give a damn about yourself, right? Like eat like you really care for yourself. How's that for a paradigm shift? So if you're considering weight loss, please don't be ashamed. Meet yourself with self-acceptance. Please watch the negative self-talk. Please watch the body dissatisfaction. Please watch for self-deprecation and kindly remind yourself to engage in this process with kindness find an army that can help you maybe that's a medical doctor like myself maybe it's a registered dietitian a nutritionist a health coach a life coach it's not all about weight it really isn't but when we change our relationship with food we change our relationship with ourselves When we put time for cooking, prepping, we are making a statement that we matter and we are worth the time and the effort that it takes to care for ourselves. When we make time for movement and exercise, again, we are showing ourselves that we are worthy of that time and effort. Making these changes are not only good for your body, but they're also good for your mind, for your cognition, for your productivity, for your mental, emotional well-being. And the studies all show this. Wholesome eating, movement, sleep, they all serve the same purpose. And then finally, I will end with this once again, which is to do it with kindness, to do it with self-compassion, because that is not only the nice way to do it, but also the effective way to do it. Well, that's all for this week. I want to thank you for your time. Time is our most precious resource, and I appreciate you spending some of that preciousness with me. If you love this episode, please share with with someone who may benefit. And for more of this kind of content, check out my book, Hungry for More, Stories and Science to Inspire Weight Loss from the Inside Out. You can find it on my website at dradrianudim.com and of course, as always, on Amazon. Have a great week and I look forward to seeing you next time. Bye now.